You're listening to El Ninos, the Tornado Hunters Podcast. Grab a cerveza and turn up those speakers. Yawn, <laughs> man! Whoa! Good driving, Ricky. Oh, there's vehicles underneath it. Oh. It's taking up potholes. Welcome to El Nino's, the Tornado Hunters podcast. On this episode, we welcome our special guest, mountain bike hall of famer and TV broadcaster, the legend, Brett Tippy. We'll be talking about tornado encounters, jumping off cliffs, and putting yourself into really ridiculous and dangerous situations, and why human beings are compelled to live on the edge. We'll also be uh, sharing some of the very worst or very best dad jokes that you're ever going to hear. <laughs> but first, you, let's 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 meet let's meet now the Ninos. So joining us. From his home in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the province, which is hard to spell but easy to draw, it's Tricky Dick Forbes. Ricky, you've been having a you've been been busy guy lately. Uh, give us a bit of a glimpse into what your business is, why you're so busy, why you're up at six in the morning, going to bed at uh, midnight. What's what's going on with you? Yeah, for sure. So uh, when I'm back home uh, in Saskatoon, in Saskatchewan, uh, I have a business doing a digital marketing company. So essentially, really what it is, is that uh, one of the main ways we built up Tornado Hunters was using social media marketing. And so I learned tons on the road. And so uh, when it's off season, I'm practicing that back home. And so I teach digital marketing to small to medium sized companies. We have a company here in Saskatoon. We have an amazing team of 10. It's called Blue Moose Media. And so I spend most of my days either developing like curriculums and workshops for teaching digital marketing uh, or actually in uh, courses themselves doing hands-on teaching with our clients. Yeah, very cool. And and uh, just give us a sense of like some of the types of projects you do when you say digital marketing, like building websites or is it more social media? What, where, where does it hit? Where, what's the breakdown? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. That's a good point. Uh, so digital marketing, is a massive word that involves anything to do with online marketing. Uh, what we specialize in is like social media marketing, email marketing, uh, your search engine marketing, that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> this is a bit getting to the lingo, but if you can think of a sales funnel, we deal with start to back. So from a client, just getting to know who you are and finding out a brand to the point of you ever dealt with a business that you've made a purchase and then you get some emails from them and then you continue a relationship with them. So that whole online, online marketing premise from start to finish and then, that's what we teach our clients on how to do. Cool. So a lot of people refer to it as spam, but there you go. That is all about Blue Moose Media. Thanks, Ricky. For, uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, plug. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for sharing that. Next yeah. up, we have Nick the Body. The Body has been chasing storms for almost 15 years, and during that entire run, he's been rocking it with a 390-pound Toyota Yaris. And uh, that Toyota Yaris has close to a quarter million miles on it. Nick the body. We're going to get to weather models in a second. But first, I wanted to ask you about your dash cam. Uh, you had a dash cam, I remember, before uh, Russian social media made it popular to have a dash cam. Uh, you've caught some really interesting things over the years on your dash cam. What's the what's the weirdest or craziest thing you've ever caught on a dash cam? Yeah, I got my first uh, dash cam in 2009. And actually before that, I mounted a Sony Handycam on top, I I drilled a hole into the into an old car, one of the one of my old car manuals, and then screwed that screw into the handy cam so that I could set the uh, the camera on my dash to record when I was in the car. <laughs> anyway, it was a real because uh, the dash cams were super expensive and they weren't really that great to be honest back then. I got my first da real dash cam. I think it was in two thousand nine. And then ever since then, I've run a dash cam in my car constantly. Um, and I've caught a few things over the years. The most interesting of which is probably I was driving eastbound on Saskatchewan Drive. I want to say this about six years ago. 
Um, and it was about midnight, maybe 1 a.m. And it was the night that that bright green meteor uh, streaked through the Saskatchewan skies and spooked everybody. And uh, I actually captured that on my, you know, it had to be more than six years ago because it was uh, it was such a sh uh, not good video. So I didn't have an HD cam at the time, but you can see in the dash cam and I think it's on YouTube. If you search Nick the body on YouTube, you can watch this green streak go through the sky and then you can hear me in the background just saying i don't really get too revved up about things but i was saying what was that <laughs> <laughs> next up we've got cubby cubby's been chasing uh tornadoes and storms for 20 years and he's seen it all from ef5s to twin tornadoes on a few occasions and has even been inside a few tornadoes and lived to tell the tales these days cubby when he isn't chasing, he's speaking at schools uh, and he's uh, teaching students about the science of severe weather and the life of being a professional storm chaser. Uh, Cubby, tell us about the school events. Uh, what, do, what do you do? What do you talk about? What do you uh, how does it all work, especially in the days of covid? Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, usually I just go to schools and just present, you know, show up in person, have the truck there, which is a, a kind of a cool draw for the kids. With COVID, had to transition everything online. So doing all online presentations. I do two presentations a day, uh, one in the morning, one in the afternoon kind of thing. And just pretty much talk about like the who, what, why, where, when, and how we do it. And uh, the kids get, you know, kind of tied in with science. Kids get a blast, you know, show some cool video that we have. And uh, that's about it, man. Just cool. shaping young minds, you know? Right on, right on. Well, it sounds good. And and listen, I'm Greggles, uh, and like the rest of these guys, I'm obsessed with weather and photography, and the reason we started this podcast is that we want to be able to share some of our stories, and we want to be able to share some of the stories uh, of our incredible, amazing guests like tonight's guest, uh, Brett Tippy. But before we get to that, I want to thank everyone who is tuning in from around uh, North America, we've even got people tuning in right now from uh, Europe and, and uh, uh, even down under in Australia and New Zealand. But we want to thank you all for tuning in. A reminder that we can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. And uh, if you visit TornadoHunter.com, you can get past episodes of El Nino's, and you can also find all of our social links there uh, if you want to uh, check us out. Also, a quick reminder that if you like the show, please hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app. El Nino's is part of the Stormfront Freaks podcast network. And when you subscribe to Stormfront Freaks network, you'll also get El Nino's in your inbox on your podcast app. So you'll get Stormfront Freaks one week, El Nino's the next week. And both shows are a ton of fun. And right now, there's over 130 episodes of content in the library, so you're sure to find something uh, that will interest you, including our some of our past guests. We've had pro athlete Amanda Ruler. We've had comedian Alex Zerby. And, of course, we had Chris Bukowski from The Bachelor was on. And last week, we had Canadian country music legend Paul Brandt, who was on. And actually, uh, we wrote, and I say we, wrote a song about storm chasing uh, while he was here on the show. So let's get started this week. Ricky, I think you wanted to uh, introduce our guest uh, since you come from the same whacked out world of extreme sports as our guest is. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, tonight we are lucky enough to have the world famous Brett Tippy. As you heard coming to us from Vancouver, BC, Brett is a mountain biking legend. I'm talking free ride mountain bike hall of famer and in the venture world in the extreme sports world brett is an icon for pushing the limits around the world and creating incredible videography and photography brett is also an ex-team canada snowboard athlete brett is a dad a husband and he's best known for being the director of good times uh, personally i love extreme sports i love adventure and with that brett is an idol of mine and i'm super so stoked to have him on the contest contest on the podcast tonight brett thanks a lot for joining it could be a contest you know like oh uh, man i was doing so well you were really like ricky you You're almost that. You, yeah, you nailed totally it until you got to the last I was, line i was really happy with my performance there 
<laughs> Anyways, Brett, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, um, you know, we've we've met um, in Whistler. We went mountain biking there, um, and uh, I saw your truck all painted up, and I'm like, oh, what's this? What's what's going on here? And then when I met you, you're super friendly, and then I followed you on Instagram, and I gotta say the the photos that you have on there all the time are awesome. With the uh, I don't even know the words like mammoths clouds, like you know, little cotton ball clouds, and of course the tornadoes and aspergillus clouds, and whenever I see whenever I see you across my feet, I'm like, oh, what's it gonna be today? So. It's always always cool to see the great shots and you know for what you guys do I, I respect it a lot and I can relate because although I'm not really chasing storms for the you know exact same scientific reasons as you I'm chasing storms to go shredding you know like like to go snowboard powder so I'm looking for low pressure uh, you know situations and um, mountain biking I'm looking for the rain for where the rain when it ends the soil's tacky so always chasing storms in one way or another so uh, I'm, I'm a brother in, in our, brother in storms. I guess. <laughs> so just to interrupt quickly here. So it sounds like you're always sort of behind the storms, like for snow and rain. So you would make a perfect part on our team. Yeah, totally. You know what? Like, like I, I like, I like storm shredding when in the, in the snow and I like shredding right after the storm on the mountain bike. So like just the time is a little bit different from summer to winter, but uh, although, you know what, when I first moved to Vancouver, I was right into Riding during the storm and on the bike too, and riding the gnarliest, nastiest double black diamond trails that were, you know, potentially hazardous to your health and deadly in the rain, in the snow, slippery. And I'd go ride them at night with a high-powered headlamp on my bars, handlebars, and my helmet. And I got, I got off on scaring myself, riding solo in the storm, and uh, you know, coming out the other end safe, getting a rush from that. But now I'm a dad, so I'm not really doing that as much anymore, just because it is. <laughs> You know, kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I realize that now that I'm 52, um, <laughs> but uh, still loving it. But uh, so, Brett, let me let me ask you this. So, I posted leading up to this interview yesterday. I, I made a post on Facebook where I asked people to share their biggest fears. Like, what's the thing that you really fear, right? And um, here's the here's the things that are always on that list: uh, spiders, snakes, tornadoes. And one of the big ones is always a fear of heights. And when people watch videos of you and, and other, you know, extreme athletes riding their bikes on these ridges, mountain ridges or these trails where like you can see in your GoPro footage that like, like to this? the left is. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're, you got a cliff that's like straight down beside you. Like we think you're insane. Like we chase tornadoes. We think you're insane. I think you guys are insane. It's it's all what your comfort level is and your familiarity. And and you build up like layers of paint, like an armor and uh, you know, a, a confidence of where the line is uh, of you know of danger and, and, and survivability. And I think you just kind of get familiar with it and it's only crazy if you can't do it. You know what I mean? Once you can do it, you know where you can and can't survive so um i think it's all relative and uh you know what works and what doesn't and you, you learn to recognize patterns of, of when things might be hazardous to your health and when things aren't you also have a little bit of a, a risk taker attitude you have to but you think positive people call people like us crazy but it's just because they're not really dialed at what we're all doing so once you get dialed then it's not so crazy anymore because so have you have you ever horrible. had a go go ahead Chris go ahead Cubby I was just saying I got a couple of questions for you here Brad let's back it up a second yeah you said you had met Ricky out in Whistler you did some biking with him you know what no I just met him at the Ava Hotel and we actually didn't go riding together because you know I was um, I was with a bunch of people and I think we were shooting a video and then um, we were uh, both staying at the Ava Hotel uh, which is a very friendly mountain bike friendly hotel and then. Um, I just saw the truck and then we ended up uh, BSing and stuff. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause none of us have ever seen Ricky like do any of his like, extreme sports that he does. So I just always question does he actually do it or does he just go out there and like post a picture and then like gets off the mountain? And he had muddy on his back and splash on his face. So it looked pretty real. So <laughs> he might have, he's, he... real, he's got real good makeup artists. Or <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, he might, he may have just fallen. Like hit his head and fall. <laughs> yeah, like or, like a puddle in the parking in lot. The mud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we won't know this until later. Yeah. 
Tell us the okay. truth, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, you were born in, uh, was Kamloops, you said? No, I was raised in Kamloops. I was born in Vancouver, um, raised in Kamloops with a few small stops in like Adams Lake in the middle of BC. Um, I did one year in Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. Um, I spent a summer in um, Oklahoma, saw some storms there, and I saw everyone with their tornado little underground safety zones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't seen that many, you know, big tornadoes, but I've seen some small little twisters. And I always love the movie with Helen Hunt, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I was raised in Calumps. And then once I graduated, I, I moved pretty much anywhere there was snow. And I, I raced for the Canadian national team. So I, I moved to where um, the, the team was training and spent a lot of time in Whistler. And then uh, once I met my wife, um, one plus one equals four before I don't now I'm married with two kids in deep cove. <laughs> so what got you into biking then? So you started out snowboarding. Was that it? Well, it's funny. My dad was always like, I, my dad was, was raised in Stetler, Alberta. And my grandparents, um, moved from the farm in Stetler in the sixties to uh, Red Deer, Alberta. So we went to Red Deer a lot and my dad was always into bicycling and we would actually go to the countryside on bicycles and he was an artist. He was a school teacher for his, for his profession, but he was uh, an artist. We would go to the countryside and he would do pencil sketches of like beaver dams or trees. And then he would bring them into to town and he would paint them. And so we would do these bike rides, you know, and he'd drag me out of the countryside and ride in the, in the middle of nowhere from an early age. And uh, I took to it. And my first bike was actually in from uh, my cousin in Rocky Mountain House. My cousin was uh, um, two-time Canadian champion saddle bronc, rodeo uh, legend, uh, Chris Anderson. And he gave me his old bike, which he got from his older sister, which was a girl's bike. But uh, <laughs> they painted well, it. That, that's a, that's another crazy sport, that rodeo. Oh, yeah. Those, totally. those guys yeah. are insane. Yeah, those guys are nuts. And then our mutual cousin married the four-time world champion, Rod Hay, from Wild wow. Rose, Alberta. And so we got a bunch of freaks in our family that are, are pretty badass. It sounds like there's some pretty significant genetic loading going on there when it comes yeah, to risk making behavior. Oh my god, the family reunions are so competitive and such <laughs> a party. Like they're nuts. All my crazy native uncles and cousins and like my mom has like nine brothers and sisters, so huge families and they're just nuts. I, I always get stitches every time I go to one of those. <laughs> do you guys, do you, guys, you guys actually still use those lawn dart things? Oh yeah, no, they've got yeah. Like, they don't even sell them anymore, but we love lawn darts. <laughs> There's of course the, the, the softball and the volleyball and the, and the darts on the wall and the bocce, but they're in the horseshoes, but there's the lawn darts. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm one of the best, but I, I'm usually on the podium. I got a couple of ringer uncles who just never miss ringer, ringer, ringer. And you're like, ah, and you know, no one's ever been impaled too badly. So we still be playing lawn darts. I mean, they're hard to find. So I always look forward to these family reunions because we, we get to play lawn darts. <laughs> hey, hey, Brett, listen, let, let's get back to this, this idea of danger, right? Like, what do you, like, what, what do you think the thing is like the, the little switch that goes off in people's brain that allows them to put themselves into those dangerous places like the edge of a cliff, like in front of a tornado on the back of a bronc, you know, I think it's focused and I think it's familiarity and I think it's building yourself up slowly and and getting used to what you're dealing with. And, um, you know, you just don't come as a greenhorn and and jump in and do the gnarliest thing. Usually you kind of, you know, have a mentor and you watch and learn and see what works and what doesn't you recognize patterns and, um, you get taught a few things and then you take a few risks and, and find what works and doesn't work. And then you just get the skill levels up to become familiar with it. And when you do have something that's unexpected, you know how to kind of uh, uh, react to it with a, with an educated um, decision-making process of what to do in a dangerous situation. And you become so used to it that I think that it, it, it doesn't stop you from freezing up and tightening up. You, you just deal with it and you, and you, you trust in your, you trust in your autopilot of what to do in a situation when things go left or right, because sometimes things don't always go to plan. And when the unexpected happens, you roll with it. And um, I think people that scare themselves every day or put themselves in dangerous situations quite often, you know, have more practice with it. And so you just get used to it and you um, you're dialed at doing gnarly. Sh- Some people are better at it than others. And um I think, like I said before, like being a positive thinker is, is a big is a big thing. And, and then visualizing what you want to happen and then making it happen and not tightening it up. And um, 
and practicing, practicing, doing gnarly stuff so that uh, you're good at it. You know, from the uh, psychological perspective, you know, what you said is exactly true in terms of people who thrill seek are also really good at responding to change and they will make things that go off plan part of the new plan very yes. quickly and they just roll with it. Right. And and that's sort of like think of all the people in your life who don't respond well to change. Are those the people who are going out and bike riding on the edge of a cliff or going storm chase? No, they, they don't. They they can't their brain can't get into that mode where they don't think about the, you know, well, how am I going to not like what if that happens? What it's it's focused on only future rather than the now. And so I bet the question is for you, is there a future or do you just live in the present in the moment that you're you're in day to day? Um, Oh, yeah. No, there's a future. Uh, You know, as I'm older now, I'm I'm looking more to the future um, because, you know, I've got kids to provide for. I've got a nine year old and a 12 year old girl. And, you know, before I I just I I just wanted to be I did not want to be average. I wanted to stand out. I wanted to do badass stuff. I wanted to be one of the badass guys that did badass stuff. And I wanted to have the coolest girlfriends and meet the, the, you know, I was, I was motivated by hot chicks. I'll I'll be honest. (laughs) I wanted to be be a badass dude so I could have like my selection from the mating pool. If you want to put it in scientific (laughs) terms. Is your your wife listening to this right now, Brett? She knows. She knows. Uh (laughs) I've been interviewed before and, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got all the ladies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I don't know. I got. I was on the Canadian national team, and you know, um, I was jumping off cliffs and and on covers of magazines and in the movies and stuff. It was awesome, you know. So I it it uh, opened up the world to me, and uh, I met some amazing, amazing people. I'm very lucky to, to have been there early and and to taken some risks and been pretty much healthy all the way through and. But like I say, I was I was motivated to to stand out from the crowd and I and and to to get a thrill out of doing it, you know. So, um, so by doing all that, have you had any crazy injuries, like uh, injuries we've had to take off, like the rest of the season, or? Yeah, no, I've uh, you know, I, I broke my first bone just like a few years ago in Portugal. I cracked a rib. Pretty much all my career, I've just had like flesh wounds, hundreds of stitches, you know, like. Like uh, <laughs> I know all the nurses in my hometown by a first name basis in the emergency ward growing up. All my friends hated me because they've got like a list of broken bones and, and blown this and blown that. And I was like falling off 40 foot cliffs and getting up and crashing at 120 Ks and getting up and dusting myself off. And I'd always go do it again. Get back on the horse was my saying. And uh, in the last couple of years, I've dislocated that shoulder, separated that one, separated that one. Last winter, I dislocated my elbow, you know, I've, I actually felt what it feels like to be mortal in the last couple of years. It's kind of caught up with me getting old, I guess. Um, like I say, knock on wood, I've been pretty lucky. So Right on. Well, listen, let's take that opportunity. We're going to go to our uh, first break. And when we return, we are going to uh, show you some videos, Brett, and we're going to uh, talk about them. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your career and we'll maybe get into a, a little discussion on weather as well. So we'll be right back and with Brett, the legend, Tippy. El Nino's, the Tornado Hunters podcast, is brought to you by CameraEasy.ca. Anyone can take great photos. I know because I've taught thousands of people how to use their fancy digital cameras. I make it simple and easy to understand so that even a pure beginner can get the most out of their camera. So if you want better pictures starting today, check out CameraEasy.ca. And now it's time for the Camera Easy 30 Seconds to Better Photos. So here's my tip of the week. The photographer's first job should always be to prevent blur. Blur kills more photos than anything else. So use a tripod, use a fence post, uh, place your camera on your camera bag, do anything that you possibly can to prevent the camera from moving while you're shooting. Blur kills more photos than anything else and you have to solve that problem first. When you're hand holding, Place your left hand underneath the camera and, you know what, slow your breathing down just like you would if you were firing a rifle. So, my tip of the week, 
blur kills more photos than anything else. Solve that problem first and you will get better photos from your very next shot. All right, we're back on El Nino's, the Tornado Hunters podcast with our guest, Brett Tippy. Ricky, you wanted to ask something to Brett. Is this a test? Because if this is a test, I want to take the I take this in a restaurant because the customers are always right. Brett, I got to ask you a question. When I get to meet uh, you know, people like yourself that live what I feel is the dream life, and you've had an incredible journey traveling the world, chasing these incredible adventures, what has been one of your wildest adventures? Whether that be oh, one of your favorites or something that really stands out uh, as a wild adventure. Oh, wow. Well, there's so many, you know, like starting in the 80s and the 90s and 2000s. And, you know, you know, there's been some crazy stories where, you know, it wasn't all good. Like I, I've had moments where I was like, I felt like a rock star in Europe because cycling and, and, and football or soccer, you know, like if you're a cycling pro or a, or a soccer star over there, you're like a rock star. and I've gone way too hard and, you know, I have drank and done drugs and partied with crazy Swedish chicks and twins and like, I don't even know where to begin, but, um, you know, I, I've gone down some dark paths too, where I, I've, I've had, you know, I've been, I've been, um, I've been a drug addict, you know, for years and I'm, I'm 12 years sober from anything and I quit drinking and everything. So it's not all good stories and some bad stories, but. Probably one of my favorite stories was being in southern France. And myself and Richie Slay jumped about a 20-foot cliff, about 20 foot out to the landing, shooting with Scott Markowitz, who's one of the top ski photographers of the time. And we did it about three times each. We landed it. And then we went out for dinner. And uh, when we came back for dinner, someone had broken into our van and stolen all our bags and our passports. My girlfriend at the time had her passport on her, so we had to drive from that spot to southern France and we got her on the plane she flew home we went to Monte Carlo and we'd been up all night and we fell asleep on the beach and I fell asleep with my hands across my chest in the sun and I woke up and I had a bikini tan line from my hands with the strings from my thumbs you know my buddy fell asleep on his left side and he was tanned and burnt like half and half and so we're like now in Monte Carlo and we went to go check out the casino and they wouldn't let us in because I have a bikini tan line. My buddy half and half, they wouldn't let us in. So we went to have a beer, just had this little courtyard right across the street and we're sitting there having a beer and this very attractive lady walks by. She kind of gives me the eye and, and I'm like, I look at her and she comes down and sits next to us and we end up having a drink with her. turns out she's a multi-millionaire sculptress from Montreal whose work is being displayed in the casino she hears her story and she goes, come with me, I'll give you a tour. And so we go into the casino and the, and the security guys are like, hey, and she's like, they're with me. And they're like, oh, okay. So we got a tour of the Monte Carlo Casino from this millionaire and uh, she showed where she met Jacques uh, Cousteau and she met like the Russian pre president and, and Diana Ross and all these movie stars from back in the day. She got us a free hotel room. So then we went and partied all night long and then we went to go, we had to go to the embassy to get, because we had no passports to prove who we were. They found our bags about a kilometer from where we got robbed. And so we rented a car, we drove back there, found our bags, got our passports back. Now we've been up for like three days from driving and partying. We're sleep deprived. And we got on the plane back to Canada. And I went back to the back of the, the, the plane to go to the washroom and I'm coming out and then I see these stairs going up and I'm like, oh, that's up there. And so I go up there and there's all these bunk beds that the staff use for long flights. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Then I see my buddy, he's going to the washroom. I'm like, and he's like, what are you doing up there? Richie Slay. And I'm like, there's bunk beds up here. And he's like, get out of my way. He runs upstairs, he slides in a bunk bed, he stretches the, the curtain and he's passed out, he passes out. And I'm like, so I take another bunk bed, close the curtain, I pass out for about three hours. And then, um, I hear this uh, stewardess going, sir, you can't be in here. Sir, wake up. He gets booted out. I'm like hiding in behind the curtain. She doesn't see me. I'm there for another half hour. I'm sleeping away. And then all of a sudden, I'm being woken up. And she wakes me up. And she's like, sir, you can't be in here, sir. And I'm like, I don't want to go to school, mom. And she's like, oh, you're a cheeky little bugger. And I get the boot out. And um, when we landed in Canada, we literally kissed 
the ground. It was like a crazy trip. And so there's just a small little uh, excerpt from from millions of, of stories over the years. You should when, write a book. Uh, yeah, when's the book, book coming, Brett? Well, I, yeah, I started writing the book. So far, I got I got the pages numbered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonstop, eh? Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I just, once I discovered that sleeping, like, Ricky, like you've done flights, like you know, across the world. Have you ever like poached any of those sleeping quarters that they have in those little rooms at the back? I've never come across those. The best I get is when you get like a, a four seat aisle that's open and stretched oh, nice. That. Yeah, that's a good thing. But that's been because it's gotten. Well, once I learned that, that trip kind of opened my door. So I've poached as many like little sleeping quarters as I can on long flights. <laughs> but this time I got busted again. And I was actually, uh, I, I thought I blew my knee, but I didn't. But I hurt my knee. And my bike sponsor had sent me to a contest, a fat biking contest in the snow over in Europe. So I hurt my leg, but they sent me anyway so I could go jump at the mic and do some announcing. I have this big brace on my leg and i'm sitting there and, and it's out in the aisle and people kept hitting it as they walked by and i'm like ah ooh, and i you know i couldn't flex my leg to put it in the seat it had to be in the aisle and then the cart came out and went and kind of wedged wedged in i'm like ah and then she pulls the cart back and i'm like ah again and i'm like oh i had a cane so i went to the back of the plane and i'm literally trying to wipe the tears from my eyes like breathing seeing spots from the pain and then i look and what did i see a little stairway with a little bunk bedroom. So I'm like, oh, I know this place. So I go up there and I, you know, close the curtain. I put up some pillows and I prop my leg up. And all of a sudden, I get woken up by a really angry looking stewardess. And she's like, get out! Verboten! Verboten! And verboten doesn't sound, I don't know what it means, but it doesn't, it's not good anyways. And she's like, get out! And so I come downstairs with my cane. I hobble down. She goes, you cannot sleep here. This is for the staff. And I'm like, sorry, my leg was hurt. The, the lady came by with the cart, and she and she goes, I don't care. Sven, Sven, this man was sleeping in the staff quarters. So Sven comes over. He's in my face. He's flopping away, giving me grief. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, my leg got hurt. The cart came by, by and he goes, go sit down. So I'm like, oh, geez. So I go sit down, and I'm sitting there. And when all of a sudden, the co-pilot shows up with the hat and the, the full regalia, the hat and the all the little badges, things, you know. And he's like, excuse me, sir, were you the man sleeping in the staff quarters? And I'm like, yes, sir, I have a hurt leg. And he goes, you're in a lot of trouble, mister. And I go, well, no, no, I have a hurt. And he goes, I don't care. We're going to charge you with trespassing. We're going to have security and the police waiting when we land in Europe. You're in a lot of trouble, mister. You're in a lot of trouble. And I go, sir, there's been a big misunderstanding. And I, I, and I hold up my hand to shake his hand. He goes, I'm not shaking your hand. You're in a lot of trouble, mister. And he walks away. And so I've stressed the whole flight to Europe. It's like eight hours. And I land in Frankfurt, I think it was. And everyone's, you know, standing up and getting their luggage and then falling to the front of the room. And I'm like hobbling along with my cane with my bad leg, you know. And then I look at the front of the plane and Sven, the guy who chewed me out, the mail steward, had these two giant security guys in fluorescent jackets get on the plane. You know, like big pump you up kind of guys, you know, like oh, they're waiting for me. They're massive. And I'm like hobbling to the front of the plane and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get a no, uh, no fly stamp on my passport or I'm going to get like charged for trespassing. I just blew it. You know, I need to go to, I need to travel for my career. Oh my God, what do I do? So I'm like, I got to think, I got to think. So I went to my pack sack. I pulled out a hat. I put on some glasses. I switched my hoodie. And as I hobbled up, I started getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And when I got to the partition, I hobbled across to the other side, <laughs> the right side of the plane. And then when I got to the front, they're there. I went right by them and I timed my cane to my leg and tried not to limp, you know, with my hurt leg. And I went right by them and they're looking up the aisle looking for me. I'm going up the ramp as fast as I can with my one leg, you know. And I look back and the, the two dudes are like looking at like Sven like and looking up the aisle looking for me like, where is this guy, you know. And I get to the top of the ramp and there's a lady with an electric cart sitting there and I feign a leg buckle and I fall into her car and she goes, oh, can I help you? I go, yeah, do you know where gate C is? She goes, yeah, hop on. So I hop on the cart and zzz, I do the electric <laughs> cart getaway. <laughs> That's pretty hey, amazing. Brad, I gotta I gotta know though. I, I I just I think everybody who's watching wants to know how many Red Bulls have you had this evening? Uh one, but I'm gonna have a second one right now. But this one's <laughs> I don't want to be crazy for the show. Hey, Brad. <laughs> 
<laughs> something I was going to ask you, but I, you answered it through these stories is whenever you Google your name, everywhere it comes up, Brett Tippy, director of good times. So I was like, how's a guy get that title? But I get it now. Oh, my, I, my, well, you know, my wife gave it to you because, you know, there, there was three original Godfathers of free riding. Um, and there was myself, Richie Slay, and Wade Simmons. And they called Richie Slay the professional. They called Wade Simmons the natural and Brett Tippy the rock star. And me and Richie started mo doing movies a long time ago. But then Wade Simmons came along and he was like a better rider than me or Richie. Dropping like, I, I never jumped a cliff bigger than, than 30 feet on a mountain bike. And the biggest thing I landed was 25 feet, to be honest. And he landed a 35, 40 footer. So he went bigger than us. And they started calling him the Godfather, even though me and Richie started extreme mountain bike movies, you know, years before him. But anyways, he's the Godfather now. My wife says, well, just put on your business card, director of good times. And I'm like, that's a genius. I'm doing it. So, so from then, then on, I became the director of good times. That's a good story. Hey, we got here. Yeah, I think it's time to watch a video. What do you think about that, Brad? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. All right. So you've ridden some, some, uh, I would assume some snow waves and some water waves and some mud waves. Yes. Uh, if given the opportunity, would you ride directly into a tornado wave? No, I don't know right, well, anything about that. Well, this woman in Taiwan are, uh, had the opportunity to do so. So have a look at this video and let me know what you think about this. Okay. Also, the lesson learned from this video is don't cut people off in traffic. Oh, yeah. Good karma. You know, sorry, my, my dog I ran over your karma. <laughs> so we got a red light. Stuff's blowing around. Little white car cuts this uh, other car off. Did she ever? Tornado. Whoa. Here it comes. It's pulling her in. She's into the epicenter. She's gone. It pulled her out of the car. Later. She's yeah, sitting there on the right. Yeah, look at this. She's not even right. anymore, Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Holy Sucked that was right so out of the good. vehicle. Like, that's the real deal tornado there. Like, Hold where on. does this woman even come from? Did it come, come down from, from the sky? Did it, did it pass the I, car? I want to see if, on the right. I don't understand how she exited the car. I don't understand how she exited the car either. Well, it's just that simple crazy? physics, guys. Simple physics. Oh, look at the oh, good she's Samaritan. On the, of the road. Oh, I see. She got out of the car. I don't know if she I, got out of the car, if she got thrown out of the car. Back up a little it, further, Nick. It's hard to tell. So here it's just total chaos. You can see the tornado right. there. The car yeah, is yeah. in. I think what must have happened is she must have at this point, like the door must have opened when she probably went to grab for the handle, maybe. And maybe yeah. that door flew open because she comes out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. She just appeared on the Appeared. side. Yeah. How She's do we like know that's the lady from the car? Maybe that was just a, a bystander. How do we know can that we, was the driver? Can we even see the car? Is it like I don't even see the car anymore? Yeah, is this a real gone. video? Car's gone. Totally real video. So the car just kind of disappears. No, the that's car, not. She's not from the car. The car, I think, is now in the ditch over here. I don't think she came from the car. I no. think she was just a uh, um, a pedestrian. I it's think. wild, though. Sure. It really, though, does show you how fast these things develop, how well, quick it up. That tornado it, is gone. Yeah, it's, it's already two miles oh, yeah. away. Yeah. It's, yeah, hello, goodbye. And how important a dash cam is, right, Nick? <laughs> Big time. Yeah, yeah, you got to have a good, and that's a high-quality camera, too. Congratulations to the owner of this uh, car. Uh, you, can, you can YouTube this one at She Sits Through a Tornado hyphen literally exclamation point literally wow <laughs> that's crazy man no kidding uh great video I got another one for you to uh check out here brett would you ever come out chasing with us yeah yeah for sure i think you'd be well, like to put it on my instagram you guys don't have uh, rights to the to the footage i can put it i can put it on my instagram <laughs> too if i love you guys right that's right <laughs> absolutely Okay. So yeah. you you mentioned your your you and your family are big uh, uh, skiers as well. In addition to the bicycles, let's say you're on the hills, and I'm sure you've skied some fresh powder, like you uh, mentioned before. There, what goes yeah, through your mind? Yeah. Uh, what goes through your mind if this happens? Skiing along, nice. Oh, fracture. Whoops. Yeah, he got lucky. It's pulling away. Isn't that crazy? Like his left leg is. Inches. Goes over that fracture, yeah. Like he's, well, he's on he it. just he, he he was on it, then he skied off of it. Well, I think you know what? I think he might have been intentionally doing that. And there's a maneuver called a ski cut, and you do that like a horizontal cut to see if the slope will go. 
And that's oh. on a convex roll right there. So if it's going to go, that's where it would go. And, you know, he's on the on the mellow part, and he's testing out the steep part to see if it would go. And it did go. Because if you just ski into it, you're committed, right? And right. so he might have been doing that intentionally, just like a horizontal ski cut. I think he's skiing down. Because, yeah, if he was, like, ready for some pow turns, and he would have been not going sideways. He, he would have just, like, gone right into it. But he's going sideways. He's he's giving it a ski cut, yeah. He's in all red, too. It looks like Wait a minute, minute. go back again. Does he even have a pack on? If he doesn't have a pack, he just got lucky. Can can you see? Is Uh, he wearing a pack? I think he is wearing a pack. I think he is wearing a pack, like a little lightweight pack. Because if he doesn't have a pack on, he's a total joey. And he doesn't, he got lucky there, but he might be. Yeah, Yeah, I think, I think it looks like he's wearing a pack. There's a little bit of a bulge there. So, yeah, you know what? He went down, he tested it, he saw that it got steeper. He started going sideways, kind of giving it a ski cut. You'll see some guys do that. They'll do a cut and they'll push on it, stamp on it while they're doing it, just to see uh-huh. to get the slope to go if it will go. And if it won't go, then they drop in and ski it, you know, with, with fall line turns. So I think that was kind of an intentional thing for to see if to see if he could trigger it and if it would go. So it looks like he's like, you know, a ski patrol guy. Are they at least like would you would you know the possibility of the av- like an avalanche could occur so you would let people know below there before that happens? Or are these guys all alone? Well, it depends how far out he is. There might be no one out there. You know, I, I'm sure he's not doing this above a village of, you know, of orphans or anything like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, a lot of orphan villages out there, are there? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like. Uh... <laughs> Little known fact, most orphan villages are just below the most uh, avalanche prone areas. Prone areas, yeah, totally. You know, so he's probably out there. And, you know, I if, if the guy was fully pro he would have dug a snow pit and tested some slabs you know like dug, dug a like a couple verticals and, a, and then a vertical at the back and then you know done like a, some hand hand weight mm-hmm. and then from the elbow down and you keep hitting it harder than an arm weight and you keep hitting it with your with your hand on top of your flat shovel to to get the snow to try and break and see if it will um slide on some layers you know yeah that's so the way he I probably dug a snow pit and that's probably why he went into this hesitantly because if he was all gung ho and if it was all good to go, he would have skied into that instead of going sideways like he was. He would have skied in and been hammering turns down there, and probably would have died. You been ever been caught in an avalanche? Oh my god, I got an avalanche story for you. Let's hear it. Well, you guys, uh, you you sent me an email and said, "Have I got any good storm stories?" Well, you know, I'd say the best storm stories that I have were from the uh, from nineteen ninety nine, and I was living in Whistler at the time, and we got hammered by. So much snow, but it was all a happy ending. And you know, I was racing, World Cup at the time, so I was trying to race on hardback and train in hardback because the race courses are hard and icy. It snowed so much I could never train in the ice or hardpack, so I just keep powder. But it was all a happy ending that year. So the next biggest storm I saw was in the uh, twenty seventeen, and I was skiing actually in North Vancouver and Cyprus, and it was puking like big fat flakes, just big slow, like not much wind. And just dumped like 30s and 40s and 22s and 32s and 44s. And it just kept pounding like 20, 30 centimeters minimum a night for like a week and a half almost. It was puking. There was so much pow. It was awesome. And so I was skiing with a buddy, Steve Mitchell. You know, he he had to go work for half a day. So we skied the morning. He went to to leave. And I'd met these two other dudes. And I'm like, my buddy's my ski partner is going home because you always ski in pairs, right? At, at minimum to, to look after each other, obviously. And I go, can I ski with you guys? And they go, you got avalanche gear? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a shovel probe. I got a transceiver. I got everything. And uh, so we skied down and we're flying through the trees. And I had my GoPro on to, you know, get some footage for Instagram. And the guy was a pretty good skier. And he stopped in, at the bottom and he turned around and I was like right there. And he was like, oh, my God, you're right there. I can't believe it. You're good on that thing. And I'm like, well, I've been doing it since 83. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm, I'm hope I'm good by now. I better be. And he's like, okay, okay. Well, we're going to go back to the top. We'll see how good you are. We're going to take you into the gnarly shit. I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we get to the top, and they're like, going to the left of where the slopes that I know and on the back side of, of where um, the backcountry is, that are bounds. And they're like, we're going to go down to the death chute. And I go, oh, I'm not going there, dude. It's gnarly. That's that's. I've been in there, and I've hiked out. No, no, no. We're going to go to that and then cut left. And I'm like, oh, and before like the, the, the tight trees. And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's a line in there. We know it. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go with you then. Sounds like you knew what they're talking about. So we got there. 
We dropped in. We started traversing to the left. They're on skis. And I think I threatened the guy because he didn't think I'd be that fast, you know. And he, he started pulling away and skiing away. And I'm like, whoa, I'm trying to get going on my board. It's so deep. It's like it's like thigh deep, you know, or, or, or more. And I'm getting going. And I'm slowly planing and getting up with some speed. And they disappear diagonally. And I went to go into their track and, and get some speed up. When all of a sudden, boom, I got hit by an avalanche. And I was in the dark. And it, it I was traversing away from the death chute, the death zone. And it rolled away. And I was in the dark. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in, I'm I just got avalanche and it's all dark and I'm getting tossed around. And I'm like, if I get swept into those trees I saw down there, I'm going to be buried. And those guys are gone. They're not with me. There's no one out here for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers. We're out here alone. They're gone. If I hit a tree upside down, I'm going to get buried. I'm going to suffocate. I'm dead. And I was picturing my little girls at my funeral. I'm like, this isn't how I'm going out. This is not happening this way. Like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what what's up, what way's down, but this is not it. So I just started swimming, and all of a sudden, I was like, Ugh! and I got my head up, and I was like, thundering down the hill, and it rolled away into a cliff, and all of a sudden, I was off the cliff, and I just started hitting trees and pinballing Whoa. off these trees, and hit probably like six or seven trees, cracked my helmet, I dislocated my elbow, uh, shoulder, blew my knee. Next thing I knew, I was like out of the trees and out in this open slope that was super steep, and I was sitting there going, oh, wow. I'm okay. And I went to stand up and I'm like, oh my God, I blew my knee. My knee's broken. My knee, my knee's not working. Okay. So then I went to like check it out and my arm wouldn't work. And then my shoulder was over here. And I was like, okay, I broke my arm or I dislocated my shoulder or something. And then the flakes were just coming down, big fat flakes. And there was a little bit of a wind. I'm all by myself out in the middle of nowhere. There was no trail. There was so much snow. And no one had skied out there that far. There was no trail. So I finally went, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, above the sea to sky, above the house sound, by myself. This is really bad. I could die here. This is, and it's dumping, dumping. I think that's covering my shoulders and it's, it's on top of my head. And so I couldn't go up. I, I took my board off and I sunk right up to like my neck in deep snow. And I'm like, this is so bad. This is like, what do I do? So I went sideways and I basically dug a tunnel. And then when I went to step into it with my my bad knee, I just sink up to my neck again. So I had to pack with my bad leg, a place to stand and I dig the tunnel and step into the tunnel that I dug. And then I would like pack it with my bad leg again and then dig a tunnel. And I did that like over and over for kilometers. And uh, this happened at one 30 in the afternoon. And I got back to the resort at nine at night, drenched in sweat. And I just said to myself, you know what? Like, I'm in this storm. If I if I stop, I might cramp up. I'm going to die. And I don't want to die. And so I just went like, I turned myself into the Terminator. I made myself into a machine. And I just went, <laughs> dug the hole, stamp, <clears throat> step into what I dug out, dig again. And I did it over and over. And I just repeated that process till I got to the back to the resort. Um, I went to my parking, uh, to my truck. I got a Toyota Tundra and there was like this much snow on my truck. There's like 30 centimeters, 35 centimeters on my truck. And these guys helped me clean the snow off. I got into my truck and I'm like, oh God, okay. <laughs> now this is this. Now I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. I drove about 300 feet and there was a bunch of Vancouver people with like Acura NSXs with like summer tires stuck all over the parking lot. I was in the parking lot for another hour. With my blown knee, I'm like, oh, and I'm getting out of my vehicle with one arm, one leg, trying to push these people. Rocking. You know, and I could go anywhere I want with my four by four, but not through their vehicles, right? So about another hour, I got out of the parking lot and I drove myself to the hospital. They knocked me out to put my shoulder back into the socket, and I came to, and then I was like, okay. So I phoned my wife again and said, okay, everything's good. I got my shoulders back in the socket. She goes, you just Facetimed me like ten minutes ago. I go, I did? She's like, yeah. And I go, whoa, wow. She goes, your eyes were like this, like shark eyes. It's like you're on true serum. You were like, yeah, yeah. I've never been under before. She goes, yeah, yeah. She was like, she goes, you're trying, you're telling me I, I want to teach the world to shred. You talked about cheating on me. I go, I've never cheated on you. She goes, I know you told me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, hey, Brett, Brett, like I think w- hearing those stories, uh, it's very clear to me that 
uh, all of our storm chaser friends that think they're nuts. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a clue. They don't have. They don't know. They don't have a clue. They don't know. Well, I come from Kamloops. Everyone's nuts in (laughs) Kamloops. Listen, Brett, we're gonna we're gonna uh, hit our last segment right now. Okay. And and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play uh, a little dad joke game show. Okay. Oh boy. So we're gonna do the dad. Yeah, we're gonna do dad joke game show. And here's how this is gonna work. So I have. Uh, pre-selected a handful of dad jokes. The rest of the tornado hunters here, you guys are getting in on this as well. So I'm going to give you the feed line, right? Like I'm going to feed you the line and you all need to come up with a punchline for this joke. And if any of you get it right, or even we'll eat, I'll like, I'm going to be, I'm going to give you lots of leeway. If you're close, I'm going to give you the point. So this is a contest then. This is a contest. All right. Come over here. I need my ringer. Come on. All right. So Cubby, you're ready to go. Nick, the body, you're ready to go. Ricky, you're ready ready to go. And I know Brett's ready. Brett's on his third Red Bull. So we're good to go. Uh, I'll I'll give you, I'll feed you guys the line. And then uh, I want to hear what you think the punchline is or what a very funny punchline would be. Okay. Okay. Here's number one. What did the police officer say to his belly button? What did the police officer say to his belly button? Where's the fuzz? Where's the, oh, that's pretty good. That Where's good the fuzz? One. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, want to try now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Nick. You've got to have something in there for that one. You guys are just going to give the points to Brett? That's worthy. Nick, you're our joke guy. Come on, Nick. Yeah, but a police officer and a belly button like Well, the the correct punchline is you're under a vest. <laughs> you're under a vest. <laughs> That's horrible. That's pretty good. Okay, so Brett's got the first point on that one. Okay, come awesome. on guys, you guys got it. Come, come on. Why do nurses like red crayons? Because Come on. Stock cuz they uh so the patients know when to stop. No, uh, pen, pen, because the penicillin, the, the pencil in. <clears throat> Nobody's oh. got the points on this one. No. Sometimes they have to draw blood. Jeez. Oh, wow. That's true. Come on, so guys. So we just got to keep it pretty... simple. Do you know what my blood type yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what my blood type is? My blood type is gravy. <laughs> Eddie Brown. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say your blood type was B positive. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, you know, we we're having this contest, but I went for some tests the other day, uh, Brett, and I aced them at, over at the hospital there. Oh I yeah, got my hepati- I got my hepatitis testing back. I got two A's, a B, and a C. <laughs> you pass. <laughs> All right, here's number three. Here's number three. Why did the man fall down the well? Why did the man fall down the well? Why did the man fall down the well? Because he didn't feel well? No, because he didn't see well? Because yeah, there well. you go. That's the right answer. Yes. Nice. Well. He didn't. He doesn't see well. Yeah, right on. Okay. Well, speaking of not seeing well, you wouldn't believe who I ran into when I went and got my new glasses. Who's that? Almost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How? You're reading this off a script somewhere? <laughs> All right, two All right, here's number four. Yeah, Brett's Brett's running away with this. Yeah, guy. come on, guys, come on. Okay, why is Peter Pan always flying? Why is Peter Pan always flying? Because because uh, his buds are in Never Never Land. No. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, here you're on the right track, Brett. You're there. Is uh, Never Never? Um, why is Peter strange... Pan always flying? The strain of his buds. Uh, no, uh, come on, Ricky. Uh, I, I can't do this because he never lands. Oh, yes, I, I was. It was a work in progress. Yeah, nah, look at nah, Garrett. Nah. Look, I'll tell you what, Garrett got that one actually. He he actually nailed that one. He can never land. That's great. Good stuff, Garrett. All right. Um, was that a reader or a reader right now? What's that? Is that a viewer that is, that got that? Yeah, yeah, a viewer got nice that. Nice job, yeah. brother. All right, so number five here. Um, okay, you listen, Cubby and Ricky, 
you guys really are not contributing <laughs> much to this. This one is for you. Like this one is pretty easy. Like the grade two kids probably are telling this one. Oh, that's so hold on. You were no squash pressure. goggles for the majority of your life. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can fucking, okay. You can slow down. Here's here here's number here's number six. Yeah. By the way, Brett's winning uh three uh three two uh we'll give Garrett Beverly a one. So Garrett Be Brett's got three, uh Garrett Beverly's got one, and the tornado hunters have zero. So here's the next one. Uh why were the utensils stuck together? Why were the utensils stuck together? Because they were forking. <laughs> 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 Because <laughs> they were spooning? Because spooning led to forking? <laughs> and then somebody got stabbed? <laughs> the whole series I think, works. I think that's the answer right there. This isn't fair. Yeah, definitely. We brought answer. in the Wayne Gretzky of dad jokes and we're trying Absolutely to keep it. Absolutely. We <laughs> why, why, uh, speaking of knives, thank you very much. <laughs> Come on. Oh Ricky, my I'm god. I'm looking at you here, Ricky. You're like the I'm king feeling of dad jokes. I'm out I'm out of my water here. Yeah, me too. It's right. too bad we weren't it's too bad we weren't playing like a game where you had to talk about words and definition stuff cuz I actually invented a new word recently. Uh Brett, you'll like this one, plagiarism. Oh, you stole that. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, here's we got two left. Okay, so we, we really we're, we're going to double the points on this yeah, one just to give up. just to give the Light tornado round. hunters a chance to get to get some points here. Okay, Th this one is brilliant. I hope one of you gets it. What did the drummer call his twin daughters? What did the drummer call his twin daughters? Hmm. Snare. Do, 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 out of one and out of two. And a one and Anna two. And a one and a two. <laughs> oh, get it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Last one. We're going to, here's what, how we're, just to give the tornado hunters a chance. No. <laughs> Winner takes all on this last one, okay? Two goldfish are in a tank. One says to the other, Bloop. blank. Bloop. Nope. Can you, can nope. you repeat it one more time, please? Two goldfish are in a tank. One says to the other, Hey, do you know how to drive this thing? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> is that the That's answer? Good. That is the answer. Well, we'll be like goldfish from hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, good my thing God. we planted a joke at the end. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, we can drive around and wave to everyone. <laughs> that one's not bad either. That's actually real. That's even better, Brett. I'm going to give you. Hey, that. what? Uh, what is Brett Tippy's favorite type of trail to ride bike on? A psychopath. Oh. Nice. <laughs> you can take that one with you. That's free. That's free. Yeah. One freebie for you. <laughs> Listen, Brett. I want to thank you for for joining us. Uh, we had a ton of fun. Uh, how can people follow along on your journey? Where can they find you on social media? Oh, okay. Thanks for the plug. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram. I got a fun Instagram, little action, little family, some jokes. Um, at yeah. Brett Tippy, uh, B R E T T Tippy T I W P I E at Brett Tippy. And actually, I just started a podcast where I'm interviewing a bunch of mountain bike legends, and I'm going to move on to different sports eventually, which is on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts, and it's also on YouTube. Called the Brett Tippy Podcast. The and, Brett um, Tippy Podcast, right on. Well, Brett listen, we'll we'll get that included in uh, episode six show notes for uh, El Nino's. <laughs> Again, if you uh, want to follow along with uh, Brett's journey, check him out on Instagram. Check out his podcast. And again, I'll have all of that information in the show notes. And uh, uh, lastly, Brett, uh, again, just want to thank you. Stay safe. And I know that's a stupid thing to say to a guy like no, you. No, no, it's cool. I, I want to uh, I want right to on, man. with cool guys like you. And I appreciate you having me on the show. And uh, what you right. guys is doing, I, I respect what you guys are doing. And you know, keep on bringing us the good content and the scientific knowledge to enrich all our lives. So keep on rocking. 
Isn't yeah, that buddy. kind of a funny statement? Like we say to him, stay safe when everyone says that to us. Like I thought I would never say that to somebody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next time right? like, you're crazy. Uh, you should look at this guy's feed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks. Crazy with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brad. All right, Brad. Take care, man. Great great meeting. Invited me, Ricky. Cheers. For sure. See you. All right. Later. All right. Well, that was uh, Brett Tippy uh, mountain bike free. What what is it called? Ricky free riding? Is that what he called it? Uh, Well, he's a he's a legend the free ride mountain biking category, but he's an all around world class mountain biker. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're amazing, uh, amazing dude. Right away when you when you um, just just even watching the guy talk is that he's got this passion for life, right? And he's got yeah. this passion for adventure, which I think we all share. And uh, Chris, I'm like you, right? Three kids, and 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 uh, I could only wish that my my children would grow up and have the outlook on life that a guy like Brett does. And I you know, I think you know, we couldn't, uh, ever wish more than that for our children, Nick, I'm sure you're in the same boat. So, uh, Ricky, thanks for, uh, thanks for getting uh, Brett on board for this. And yeah, he actually reached out for me for his podcast. So it should be good. To, uh, he's reaching out to, you know, mountain biking legends. So I didn't start till 86. So a couple years after him, <clears throat> so were you the, uh, were you the, uh, Michigan state, uh, yeah. mountain bike champion, BMX champion 86 or something a- like actually that? The, the whole United States Northeast. Well, listen, guys, um, that was uh, episode six. We had Brett Tippy on. Check it out. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube uh, for our live feeds. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our last guest, which was Paul Brandt, uh, Canadian country music legend, Paul Brandt. And uh, his uh, episode uh, number five of El Nino's, he was on. And he wrote this incredible song song about storm chasing. We had a ton of fun with him. So check that out. Uh, We had Chris Bukowski on from The Bachelor. We had Amanda Ruler, comedian. uh, Alex Zerby's been on. And we also had our El Reno, Oklahoma commentary episode, which already has over 1,000 downloads, guys. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Also, check out Stormfront Freaks podcast. That's where you can uh, subscribe and, and follow uh, this podcast. Uh, we're we're uh, both kind of grouped together under the Stormfront Freaks banner. So check that out and follow along. And uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to the show. But also, uh, and, and this is exciting, uh, Ricky, you just sent a message over here in the private chat. Uh, tell us what just happened on our Patreon page. We, we literally just launched the Patreon page today, and we already have two people signed up uh, from tonight's episode. We have Garrett Beverly and Kara Tuff. So tell us a little bit more about the Patreon page. For sure. And yeah, again, thanks a lot to Garrett Beverly and Kara Tuff for uh, joining us there. We really, we really love what we do. And it's awesome to share it with you guys. And so Patreon is allowing us to take that a step further. If you head over to patreon.com slash El Ninos, you'll see that there's lots of opportunity for behind the scenes content, Tornado Hunters merch, El Ninos merch. Uh, we're going to be doing a bi-monthly uh, party with uh, our supporters and people uh, through that Patreon account. So if you head on over there, you can get all the information that you're after. So again, it's patreon.com slash El Ninos. Right on. Well, that's great. Um, last word to you, Cubby, and, and to Nick, anything you guys want to add before we take off? If you're here in uh, Central Canada, stay cool the next couple of days. It's going to be a warm one. Yeah, right on, Nick. Oh, yeah. Stay weather-wise. People think tornadoes and hail and lightning are destructive, but it's actually heat that hurts the most people in Canada and the United States every year as a weather phenomenon. So if you don't have AC, get to a place that does, drink lots of water, wear sunscreen. Uh, if you're like Ricky, you're going to want to be oiling yourself up this week. Keep that skin juicy. You don't want to dry out. <laughs> I think I think Brad had you on the uh, dad jokes there, Nick. Holy his, smokes. Uh, his brain has- is wired to like he the way he worked through a couple of those where he just like threw stuff out. You can tell that he's constantly thinking about puns and, and manipulating language and stuff like that. And like you guys are saying, like his storytelling, like he's just got a joy, right? For everything, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. That makes it. That makes, I mean, you could listen to his stories all day long. 
for sure. Yeah, think of yeah, but think about being his poor wife having to hear those stories <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. Like how many times has she heard that that avalanche story? I bet I bet I bet that <laughs> I bet that she could probably like do it in his voice at this stage, right? Well, you could hear uh, really? it kind of in the background, and I'm pretty sure the first time he would have told that uh story when he said, you know, I it was one o'clock and I didn't get back till nine. Uh, she would have said, oh, yeah, I bet. Like, uh, you know, you could tell that she, there's a bit of a heckle heckly relationship going on there. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you didn't even leave the house till 4 p.m. that day. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if the uh, if 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 the stories that Brett has uh, are kind of like our, you know, tornado stories where like when it actually happened, we were right. a mile away. And then the first time you. First time you retell the story to somebody, we, we were a half a mile away. Yeah. And uh, like two years later, like, honestly, we were sideswiped by that tornado. Like it basically, it ba basically was on top of us. I, I have footage of it, but it's so, yeah, I have footage of it, but it's so blurry because we were so close. It's not even worth looking at. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, listen, guys, uh, let's call that a wrap for tonight. Uh, thanks again to Brett Tippy for coming on the show. Uh, Ricky, thanks for, for queuing that up and, uh, guys, uh, let's, uh, let's hope for some active weather here on the prairies, some rain and some sun thunderstorms and, uh, let's get storm season rocking and hopefully the border open as well. Uh, for, uh, Cubby and Nick, the body and Ricky Forbes, I'm Greg Johnson. This has been El Nino's, the tornado hunters podcast, and we'll see you again next time. Hey everybody, this is Paul Brandt and you're listening to the El Ninos, the Tornado Hunters Podcast. Oh,